The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We have exited the combine. We have turned the corner. We are rounding towards free agency. Check out uh, Ryan Wilson's mock draft on CBSSports.com and the mock draft combine recap podcast from Monday. Today, we're going to do a little, uh, little bit of Top 5 Tuesday, something that Works from a phonetic standpoint, and um, yeah, it gives us a little kill time in the offseason, right, Sean? The only thing better than Top 5 Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, and we can't do tacos here because no one would want to listen to us eating tacos. I had a quesadilla last night, or on Sunday night, and it was, but my wife went to this place called Chubby's in Raleigh and got the quesadilla, and she texted me, was like, do you want grilled shrimp or fried shrimp in the quesadilla? Now... My I have my, I have my take, but my, wanna... my response was, I want the Baja shrimp. That's what I got last time in the quesadilla was awesome. I got the Baja shrimp. They were fried. It was just too much. Yeah. I, I would have gone with grilled. Grilled is the play. I think grilled is what I got before the guy who did the, anyway, like I just never had like that much bread inside of bread with like, and they were over fried. It was a whole thing, but it was, it was, it was a very good quesadilla. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, I think, you know what? I got a hot take for you on tacos too. Oh God. I think nachos are better than tacos. We, you know, we had this debate in Miami when we got food at like midnight at the taco place, and we stupidly ordered tacos, and then Dubin's oh. nachos came, and they look phenomenal. Yeah, the nachos that we try, we ravaged his nachos. It was like a <laughs> humongous plate of pork nachos, and we killed it in like thirty seconds. Uh, John Breach joining us on the show as well. You had nachos, tacos, quesadilla. I can see you being like a, you're like, I'm a chimichanga guy. <laughs> well, as the only half Mexican on this podcast, I prefer to stay out of your minor league Mexican food conversations. I'm not going to stoop to that level, but I will say I did have my wife's birthday dinner over the weekend. And so my sister-in-law was there and she was telling me the story about how she had tamales for the first time a couple months ago. And before you eat a tamale, if you guys ever had one, you have to take off the corn husk and then you eat the tamale. She ate the corn husk, which would be like basically <laughs> eating an orange without peeling it, uh, where it's not going to kill you, but it is not a good scene. You don't ever want to do that. So I thought that was funny. And Brenton, look, I'm going to skip the Mexican food conversation. And cut John, before to the you point. skip it, I do have one more question for you. Okay, yeah. Que comida te gusta más? Oh my God. What's my favorite food? 
<laughs> Good for you. You know, yeah, Spanish. Just I understand Spanish. it. I just don't. I don't. I can't speak it. Answer I can't in Spanish. Uh, May gusta tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. All right. Um, but Brinson, yeah. look, everybody is listening to this podcast for one reason today. They want to know: Are you suspended from Twitter? This is I the greatest not. streak. This is Joe DiMaggio, 56 games. Brinson has gone seven straight days without tweeting. Brinson, you, the people want to know what the hell right. is going on. Can I submit one theory, Breach? He he was so busy in Indianapolis, and he's recovering from flying back from Indianapolis that he doesn't have time to tweet. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Did, you, did, you, did AK ban you? I mean, why don't you go look at the date I quit tweeting? How do you know, how do you know I didn't quit tweeting for Lent? That's true. I'm trying to trying to make some positive changes, and I think not. Be, actually, in all in all seriousness, I really am trying to be off Twitter less in 2020 because I find that a lot of times during the day I will like, it's like my go to. I'll just tap the blue app on my phone, and like I'll just go and like scroll and read tweets, um, or like I'll go to Twitter.com on my laptop and just like like refresh Twitter. Like, what am I doing? Like, what? Like, there's so many better things I could be doing. So. Maybe I deleted it from my phone. Maybe I don't have the app on my phone. Maybe I've decided to tweet less, John. I would love to see Brinson's phone. You know how it charts the usage in each app? Guarantee that Twitter's like 97%, email's 2%, and then probably like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants cartoons is the other 1%. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't have my work email on my phone either right now. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just expired. I don't know. Hey, hey Breach, by the way, I'm going to DM you and Ryan, and we can set over-unders on when Brinson gets back on Twitter. You guys yeah, you guys set up a bet on it and see what it happens. I, I kind of like a little bit of clearance out of my life. Feeling pretty good about it. It's the offseason. We'll see. Um, anyway. We're going to talk about Tom Brady some today. We've got a bunch of tag updates, franchise tag updates, news coming in there. Sort of a, this is, they're these random little, they're not random, I mean, they come after the big events, but they're these little slow pockets in the NFL offseason where you get two or three days of really like kind of calm waters. And it's, they're kind of nice, frankly. I mean, like if you're, if you do this job for a living, you do need to take a breath and, uh, you know, maybe get off social media and enjoy it. Um, but like post Super Bowl, there's that 48 hour window, depending on how the Super Bowl went. Same thing with the combine, depending. There was nothing really crazy at this year's combine. Um, and then, uh, you know, once we get, so this is Tuesday, March 3rd, we about, about a week and we're really going to see free agency ramp up in a, in a big way. This year's free agency could be as crazy as we'll ever see. Um, mainly because Tom Brady is involved and Tom Brady. Rumors continue to spark the potential quarterback carousel. Debo, look at Debo's really flexing his riding muscles on these rundowns. John Breach, what's the latest buzz on Tom Brady? Well, let's see. Tom Brady hanging out with Julian Edelman over the weekend. Brent, I don't know if you follow social media right now because you deactivate the Twitter app from your phone. But if you did, you would know that he was hanging out with Julian watching uh, Syracuse play some college basketball. And this is fascinating for two reasons because obviously – Julian Edelman plays for the Patriots. Edelman was not being shy. He was basically begging Brady on camera to stay in New England. And then the second best part of this is that they were apparently FaceTiming Mike Vrabel, uh, which is another a whole new layer of what the hell is going on because, hey, that could be tampering. But no, it looked like it was on Julian Edelman's phone. Brady and Vrabel uh, were teammates. Maybe they're best friends. Are you allowed as a head coach to call your best friend who is somebody you might be signing, or is that tampering? Where does it where does it cut off? Somebody tell me. Read the rule book. Interpret uh, it. 
I would I would suggest that uh, FaceTiming Mike Vrabel with Julian Edelman is uh, <laughs> okay. Let me. I, I don't think it would qualify as tampering, but like if if you were to translate to that to a marriage situation. Like you would definitely get in trouble, right? Like, like if you were like, no, 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 it's just a girl I knew from like high school. Like we're just FaceTiming. Like you should be like, or, or you know, like a guy, like flip it around because we have a lot of female, a lot of female, we have, have had female listeners reach out and be like, please don't, you know, don't put it in a box in terms of spouses. You know, your spouse, you, you know, you, you, you holler at somebody else on FaceTime. You're like, oh, no, no, we were just talking. Like, you know, we're just old friends. You'd be like, no, that's, that's not how that works. Um, but like, I think that you could kind of get away with it with Vrabel if you're Brady and Edelman. Although, I don't think that Edelman and Vrabel were teammates, right? Am I crazy? Well, let me say this though: is that Edelman, if Brady leaves New England, would the Patriots think of moving on from Edelman? Because a big part of what he does, not like he is the most talented. He's good at what he does because him and Brady have such a great connection. And so if you take Brady out of the equation, you know, is is Julian Edelman going to be good with Andy Dalton at quarterback or Teddy Bridgewater? And so the Patriots actually have a pretty easy out on his contract where they could uh, – I, I mean, they, probably not 2020, but 2020. I don't know. I don't know. What do you do with Edelman if you get rid of Brady? I mean, I think it depends what else they do, what other uh, whatever players they move in because we've talked about if they go out and get like an Austin Hooper, if they get Hunter Henry – if they get A.J. Green or something, then, yeah, you don't need Julian Edelman. But as this roster as currently constructed, I think they absolutely need Julian Edelman, regardless if it's Brady or Andy Dalton. Yeah, I don't think you would cut Julian Edelman this offseason because um, now if you traded him, yeah, you trade. could actually – Cap is pretty high, I think. In yeah, yeah, you wouldn't cut him. You would actually – the dead cap would be higher than the, the regular cap. And I think, you know, whoever you brought in, in theory, you would lose – money in terms of the cap if you if you cut him you could trade him though and you'd save uh 1.83 million dollars uh edelman and and uh vrabel that's why i was hesitant about it they were really close they missed each other by basically an off season because uh remember vrabel was traded with matt castle following the 2008 season right yes Yes, following the 2008 season to kansas city vrabel was part of that trade um and uh, with with our colleague Scott Pioli and Bill Belichick, just sending him over there. Uh, and uh, Edelman was drafted. I had his first year with New England was in uh, 2009, so they would not have crossed paths. But maybe you spend enough time. I don't know. I mean, like I'm just, I can see Vrabel and Edelman being friends, so I think you can get away with that. But it is. It's certainly towing the line a little bit if you're Tom Brady in terms of a flirtatious free agency situation. Like if you're if you're Mike Vrabel. I think a more, I think a more like, uh, uh, tightly wired coach maybe doesn't answer the FaceTime, or do you always have to answer Tom Brady but, and Edelman's FaceTime? Or did Vrabel call them? Cause, you know, like, they were at a loud basketball game. You're not randomly making FaceTime calls at a loud basketball game where you're barely going to be able to hear the person. So it almost makes more sense that Vrabel would have called them. And, you know, if Brady sees Vrabel calling Edelman, he's like, yo, man, answer that. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's chat with him. Or, like, if you were, by the way, this is a little bit off topic, but like, if you were, so Mike Vrabel's pretty famous. I mean, he's, you know, had, you know, won a bunch of Super Bowls, caught some touchdown passes as a said, linebacker. Said, said, said something about his penis. Yeah, threatened to cut off his, offered to cut off his penis for a Super Bowl win, um, is an NFL head coach. Like, he's a, you know, he's a seven out of 10 in terms of fame, but maybe like in general fame, probably like a five out of 10. He's really close with Tom Brady, though. If you were that close with somebody who is that famous, would you, 
like if somebody came over to your house and they were like, man, can you really like text with Tom Brady? You'd be like, yeah, you want FaceTime Tom Brady right now? Like, would you, like, would you, how, how aggressively would you push those boundaries if you were in that sort of situation? Like Sean, like if you want to, you know, people over at your house are like, hey, do you really know Brinson? Like, can we FaceTime? Oh, him? here we, here we go. <laughs> if that's the example, really? I would never flex that power. I would, I'll, I would be I'll, like, I'll you know what? I have to work with this guy. I'm forced three times a week to sit and look at his face on Skype. That's it. That's my well, entire relationship. I'm, okay, but also I will say a different part of that is like I've been at a Super Bowl covering where a friend will be like, shoot me a text. You're at the Super Bowl, where they're maybe showing other friends that their friend is at the Super Bowl. Or, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's similar without uh, a famous person being involved. And like, yeah, you shoot the text back or. Like, oh, I'm just saying, like, if you were, cl- like, if you're close enough where you can FaceTime with somebody. So like, 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 I don't, I wouldn't want to like be with a friend who's like a Notre Dame grad and be like, all right, we're going to FaceTime Brady Quinn and Brady's like, what are you doing? Why are you, you know, like, 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 what are you like? And I feel like I'm, I'm definitely close enough to FaceTime Brady where it wouldn't be weird if like, if I decided to do it. Brady but- would answer the phone. Tell you to f off and then hang up. Probably so, so that would prove that you know him because he's yeah. answering. But then also, like Prince, I don't have time for this crap. I just had a kid. This um, conversation is so off the rails. We're talking about <laughs> we're, Tom Brady. We're talking about Brady. NFL players yeah. and th- Tom Brady's free agency, Sean. Yeah, I bet. Like if Rabel is the one who FaceTime, but see, I think it might have been something where Edelman is texting with Rabel randomly. He's like, yeah, or or maybe uh, Brady texting with Rabel is like, yeah, I'm going to this basketball game with Edelman. And Vrabel's like, all right, I don't want to FaceTime Brady because I'll get in trouble for that. So I'll FaceTime Edelman instead, knowing that Tom would be able to pick up and chat. Um, where do you, uh, where do we stand on the, I know Tom Curran wrote about this. Tom Curran is, by the way, as plugged in as, is, is really anybody when it comes to Tom Brady. He's been covering the, uh, the Patriots for a long time. Tom's an awesome guy. He, uh, works for CSN New England. And, um, I think, I'm trying to remember. Is Greg Rosenthal of NFL Economy pointed this out, but like back when the original Tom Brady and, and, uh, Drew Bledsoe stuff was happening, uh, Curran planted his flag on, on, on the Brady Mountain, like very early. Like he's like, this is the guy, you know, get, you know, like, the like Bledsoe is toast. You know, Brady is the guy. When not everybody was, you know, was not everybody was completely sold on him in that first year. And so thus, uh, Tom has always been sort of locked into that camp. Uh, and he wrote this recently. As for possible suitors, there's a feeling that, while all the skill position pieces may be in place in Tampa Bay, laid-back head coach Bruce Arians may be too much of a swing in the opposite direction from no days off Belichick. Las Vegas head, head coach John Gruden, I was told, isn't going to cold-shoulder Brady if the quarterback's people reach out, but the team isn't planning to give great chase. Where do things stand with Brady? It isn't the lost cause. It was reported to be. Oddly enough, by the way, as, I, as soon as I said Brady, Brady Quinn popped up onto the screen. That was very weird. And because we were just talking about you flexing by FaceTiming Brady Quinn. And I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt. Oh, oh whoa, man, that's even weirder. Way too you weird. Hold, hold that up for Brady. Devo, tell him to come back in so he can see Sean's shirt. Wait, wait a second. Uh, uh, no, it's not worth it. It's not it's worth like, it. Yeah. Not worth. Sean couldn't FaceTime Brady. I definitely could not FaceTime He's here. Brady. He's here. He, he, he wouldn't answer. There, you hear that <laughs> clapping. That's Brady Quinn. Excited for a Notre Dame Irish sweatshirt that Sean picked up from, looks like you've some... <laughs> Somebody gave you that for spending the night at their house. Well, I, that, ooh, that's that's awkward because it that's it's, it was my because sister's. It's your sister's. So yes, I don't. Know. You wear your sister's clothes. She used to be the coach at Notre Dame, so yes, I used to get free Notre Dame gear every time where I went she, there. Where's she coaching now? St. Mary's. So she just moved down to the Bay. Like the Gales. Yes, love Good the job. Gales. Oh yeah, you big Gale fan? Not a big hey, college basketball West Coast Conference. We know we know about the Gales. 
Don't just right. think you have the monopoly on that, Sean. All right, well, so real quick, we... back to Brady, because I know, for instance, uh, you can you don't have to be real quick back to Brady. Well, the Las back. Vegas Superbook just released odds, and I feel like we could on where Brady lands. The Patriots, that, by the way, isn't that fascinating from a, a gambling perspective? That so like this stuff used to not be like you could bet on it offshore, but now it's gotten to be so um, so just impactful in terms of what pe- people like betting on these props and stuff that you know. Uh, the Superbook, our boys at William Hill, um, all of these, all of these local or uh, domestic uh, odds odds makers have had to release these kind of crazy props. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and so basically, the Patriots are the favorite. Long story short, do you feel the same way? Do you guys feel the same way? Here are the odds. Uh, I have this in the email from the Superbook. The Patriots are opened as one to f- one and four. So you would have to bet uh, $100 to win $25 mm-hmm. back on February 26th. They are now, as of uh, or as of March 2nd, one to two. So you know, got about 100 to win 50. The Raiders six to one. Chargers seven to one. Titans four. To, Titans four to one. Down from ten to one. Hello, that might be the variable factor. Colts fourteen to one, Buccaneers fourteen to one, and then a huge jump to the 49ers and the Cowboys at eighty to one. The the sense I would get, I mean, the Patriots have always been the favorites, but that's a to me that's a swing in the direction of him leaving potentially for I mean obviously for Nashville would be the landing spot, but maybe Indianapolis or Tampa Bay too. Yeah, I, I mean if I was betting on this these odds right here, uh, to. I'm going to queue up something I'm writing for Thursday. It is bold predictions, and I have to pick Tom Brady's landing spot. You never and do I, bold predictions. I am – well, I mean, they threw it on me at the last second. I didn't know about it. I never write them. Um, Sean's kidding. I write them all the time. I've got it down to two teams. I'm either going to go with the Titans or Buccaneers, and I'm selling myself on the Buccaneers more. Maybe you guys can talk me out of it. And at plus 1400 bet $100 when 1400 Like, to me, I love that bet because, A – it gets you out of the AFC. There's no Patrick Mahomes to worry about. You don't want to go up against Belichick because then it turns into some crazy uh, – that's all anyone's going to talk about. You get away from those two things in the NFC. Number two, Bruce Arians, his pitch is going to be like, look, man, I'm 67 years old. I haven't been in great health. I'm not coaching for five more years. I'm coaching for like two more years. I want to win right now. You help me do that. I've got all these offensive weapons, and if Jameis didn't throw 30 interceptions last year and seven pick sixes, we probably would have gone to the playoffs because we would have gone nine and seven or ten and six. Uh, so I just feel like the Bucks have the the best selling point as far as the most potential to win right now. So you saying that, like I've been anti. Why would he go to Tampa Bay? Everything you said makes sense, and it makes me lean more towards that. However, applying the Brinson test, I cannot picture him in that Tampa Bay jersey. <laughs> I just can't do it. See, I can. I can't a little bit. Also, remember they're getting new uniforms in April, so maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe I can. No, maybe, but I mean, like, maybe they're like, hey, listen, Tom, you can come pick the uniform. What if, what if they're like, they like come out and they're like Patriots, <laughs> they're like navy and white. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, what do you know, Tom? Um, I, I, I agree. Like, I can't see him in that alarm clock, the that stuff. I can, however, I mean, I mean, seriously, maybe they tailor like they're like, hey, listen, Tom, you can have some input in the uniforms. You know, we're, like, we're not, we're not opposed to that idea. I think, I mean, I think Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense. I would point out though that maybe Carolina's probably not going to be good this year. You know, are you, do you feel better or worse about going, maybe better about going to the NFC? Cause then you don't have to compete with Belichick. You don't have to compete with Mahomes. They might look at, he might look at the NFC and be like, dude, it's always wide open. The NFC East stinks. 
The NFC South has Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, but I can take down those guys. I mean, you know, why not? And the NFC West is a tough spot. It's way more wide open to me than the AFC. Yeah, I mean, you look at the defending NFC champion, the 49ers. They're 4-12 and in 2018, like as recently as two seasons ago. So you're talking about uh, you don't know where they're going to go. Was it a fluke season? Even if they fall down to 10-6 and six or 9-7, and seven, you know, it, they're probably not going to be as good as they were at 13-3. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Brent. And the NFC is just wide open, and the Buccaneers have a ton of talent. They have a ton of money. That's the other thing is that they're going to have like uh, almost eighty million dollars in cap space. And I feel like the only thing you need, you call up Brady, and you say, "Look, you probably need a running back because we don't want you to do everything." Call Melvin Gordon, call Carlos Hyde, call whoever you want, and we'll sign him. I think it would be so. I, I think the Bucks make more sense. I think it would be more interesting from a league-wide perspective, though, if he went to Tennessee, because then I would really like to see what Ryan Tannehill's actual market is if he's actually hitting true free agency. Uh, and I also think he would make a really good Tom Brady replacement uh, in New England, and I think that would just be a fascinating narrative if the two teams swapped quarterbacks. Where do you guys, does Brits? Where do you think Tannehill would end up if? Brady went to Tennessee. Brady went to. I mean, I think that the Patriots would take a long look at him. I'll tell you that much. A former, former first, like top ten pick who wouldn't command an insane amount on the open market is really mobile, but also can play the role of a traditional pocket passer. Works really well in a run first system where you take vertical shots down the field. I mean, he he would be good in Tampa Bay too. Like he like he's an accurate downfield passer, and like they, they would have to figure out a way to run the ball more effectively. I think, but I mean, he would be he would be in a good spot there. I think he'd be. If you wanted to, it's so hard to get a read on what the Chargers want to do with Tyrod Taylor. I get the sense, uh, I mean, if you heard Anthony Lynn talk at the Combine, I think he might want to just try to win with Tyrod Taylor. Like, he really it's, might just. It's I, not I mean, that it's, crazy. Like, Tyrod, no, I'm not, you know, Tyrod's not a top 16 quarterback. I heard but, him say, and I don't know if he said this on the podium. I know I heard him say it on Pro Football Talk. He said Tyrod has. He's like, Tyrod has grown a lot more than people understand from the last time he was a starting quarterback in the NFL, which to me is a way of saying I can win with this guy. And if he thinks well, he, well, he's only 32. It's kind of crazy that we've kind of like stopped until now talking wait, about like him. Wait, like he's only 30 starter. or he's also 30? Only 30. Because you said he's only 32. Or John, so, you would have to reference somebody else who was also 30. To make um, well, I was going to say though that the, the, the fact that you're bringing up the last time Tyrod was a starter is because Anthony Lynn, was his guy in Buffalo. So, like, Anthony Lynn is very familiar with him. I don't think he's oh, just going to throw him under the bus. His, he's his biggest proponent. That's why yes, they have him. exactly. So, like, Anthony Lynn was the, the uh, an assistant head coach in Buffalo in 2015 and 2016, which were the first two years that uh, Tyrod Taylor started. And so, you know, he has seen firsthand what Tyrod can do as a starter. And w- one of those years, yes, I mean, Taylor's been adequate. In his so, seasons as a so in three seasons as Buffalo's uh, starting quarterback, he played 14 games per season. But if you extrapolate his stats to a 16-game season, he would have averaged uh, 3,221 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions, a 92.5 passer rating. Um, and that obviously doesn't factor into his ability to run the ball. I don't think anyone here is saying that he's a star or top 10, top 12, top 16 quarterback. But uh, I think the challenge with L.A. is if you roll with Tyrod – you just have to make sure the supporting cast around him is good because I think he's proven he can take good slash decent rosters um, to nine or ten wins. Um, and I think you can make an argument the Chargers, if they can add some people in free agency in the draft, they would absolutely have a good roster. 
Yeah, and I, one more thing on Tyrod Taylor is that if you're Anthony Lynn, you're looking at it, at all the quarterbacks in free agency and saying, are any of these guys a major upgrade over Tyrod Taylor, but not just from a talent standpoint, but from money? I mean, you have Tyrod Taylor on a contract for 2020 at a $5 million base salary. Uh, so it's Tom Brady is only a slight step up in your eyes if you're Anthony Lynn, but you have to pay him $30 million. Is that worth to take a $25 million cap hit to only do a slight improvement in your eyes at quarterback? I wouldn't think so. The only um, thing that could factor in is if they really want to sell tickets in L.A., obviously getting Tom Brady over Tyrod would be a massive upgrade. So worth noting from a Tom Brady perspective as well, uh, Albert Breer in, uh, one of his, uh, columns. He does like, and over on the M- or the SI.com, MMQB, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he wrote that part of the problem here is that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady just haven't sat down with one another to hash things out. Maybe do that, guys. Uh, you're both rich. You can use private jets. Go sit down with one or another. FaceTime. Or FaceTime. Yeah, you talked to Mike Vrabel, but I mean, it, really though, like the Patriots need to have that sit down and to hash this out and to figure, like, I understand they know their, their window and how it works and they're fine with Brady chatting with other people, but like the longer you go without talking, the worse it can potentially get. Uh, Breer also writes that, uh, the Giants and the Colts, who we talked about as possible suitors for Tom Brady are not likely to pursue the quarterback. Uh, it does seem increasingly likely coming out of the combine that Phillip Rivers is going to be on the Colts next year, right? If they're, if they're not going after Tom Brady and you have all the connections that they have and Rivers is a free agent, it, it almost seems like a fait accompli at this point. Yeah, I can't see. I mean, it's the only team that really makes sense. It, Rivers old. You don't want to learn a new offensive system. Sign with the Colts. Yeah, and the Giants were never going to sign Tom Brady. I mean, like it's fun to <laughs> yeah. think about, but like, come on, like you just drafted Daniel Jones. Like, get out of town. Uh, That's okay. one of those. You always have those crazy stories that come out the week of the combine. You know, they just blow uh, like the Browns. The Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, the, the Jim Harbaugh. Browns trade, trade for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. That was the the Colin Kaepernick might be traded to the Jets. Like yeah. those are two big stories over the past like five or six years that came out at the combine. It's it's, it's weird how that happens where like. Everybody in the NFL gets together and drinks a bunch and then yeah. like random stories like, like, what about this? It's like, that's it. The least happened. Um, Abreer also wrote, my understanding is that Brady is open to returning to the Patriots under certain terms. Likewise, I've heard Belichick is open to bringing it back under certain terms. So in other words, they basically need to find out what this Venn diagram looks like between what Tom Brady wants and what Bill Belichick wants. And if it doesn't match up, that's fine. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it, it can be. You, it can be a mutual breakup. It doesn't have to be an angry thing, right? I still think he's going back. And the, the, the Tom Curran report really made me feel better because I've been saying for a long time, I just don't think, I don't believe he's leaving until it actually happens. And him saying that there are obstacles, there are obstacles to clear, understandings that both sides need to be reached, but the Patriots want to try and make that happen. I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think this is, look, I'm not, look, I'm not married, obviously. You guys are married, but I'll say this so you don't, get into trouble with your uh with your partners you know they've been married a long time tom brady just wants to you know he wants to flirt he wants to look around you know he wants to see he's wanted out there but at the end of the day he wants to come home he wants to have that nice dinner at in foxborough with bill belichick um climbing to bed with the person he's used to uh so i i think he's going back yeah and another point that brewer made we talked about this as well last week um is that the cba matters here 
So like Belichick and Brady don't want to sit down and go through this lengthy meeting where they talk and hash things out and figure out everything that they need and figure out how they're going to approach things. And then the CBA doesn't get ratified and that dramatically changes what Brady can do or can't do, or the CBA does get done. and It changes what Belichick can do or can't do. So uh, in, in that, in that, you know, um, in that perspective, it, it is possible that, you know, the, the way that the CBA and the labor negotiations play out could dramatically affect Tom Brady on the open market. Okay. Let's take a uh, quick break. We'll come back and talk about some tags. Nick Foles, he could be traded. Sure. If you want, do you want to trade a ham sandwich? And, uh, top five, top Tuesday, top five new places, new faces. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so a bunch of news coming out. It's Again, like maybe it's just a hangover from the Combine. News like starts to come out on like Monday afternoon. You know, it's how like, uh, you know, we don't, like, this is why Breach always likes to have the 12 p.m. Eastern time shift on Mondays because he knows that the juicy stuff starts coming out right around lunchtime because everybody kind of sleeps in. He doesn't like the 9 a.m. shift because you stay up late. You got to do that. And then, like, you know, the NFL news cycle really starts to kick up around 11 or 11 or noon. And we're sort of seeing that on Monday afternoon when we're recording this for you on Tuesday, March 3rd, where news is popping up, uh, Including multiple, te- well, first we'll get to Foles, cause I was, um, I was on this website and, uh, have you ever heard of it? It's like twitter.com. And, uh, Nick Foles is trending. But you weren't on your phone because you uh, got rid of it, right? You're on your laptop? Uh, also, well, Jenna Lane dropping news bombs all over the place. She, uh, she reported that the pair, okay, so first we'll get to Nick Foles. She didn't report that, but we will get to Nick Foles. Um, according to Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Jaguars are open to trading Nick Foles so they can focus on moving on with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback. Yeah, I bet they are interested in trading Nick Foles. Hmm, who could have seen this coming only one year after they gave him $24 million a year or whatever it was? I mean, it, we, I mean, we can, we can take five minutes and bash the Jags if we want. Uh, be careful, by the way, about bashing Nick Foles. That's Debo. Debo has a Foles tattoo on his right buttocks cheek. Um, this is Nick on the left. Uh, <laughs> um, Nick Foles' contract features. So look, in 2020, here's why the Jaguars are open to trade again. In 2020, if they cut him, he would have a $33.875 million dead cap hit. Nice structure on the contract, guys. If they trade him, he would only have an $18.75 million dead cap hit. In other words, a cut of Nick Foles would net them negative $12 million in cap space. 
a trade of Nick Foles would net them $3.125 million in cap space. Of course they want to trade Nick Foles. What a disastrous contract this is. And they can get out of it after this season. But why on earth would you build out this deal with Nick Foles? Let's not. I mean, and also, this is not a hindsight thing. We were all blasting this a year ago when it went down. We were blasting it before they signed it to him. Like, why are you going to give him the contract that everybody's talking about? And the best part is, I don't know if you remember, but a year ago when this went down, Mike Garifuel of NFL Network reported that the Jaguars had there were no other suitors for Nick Foles and they were essentially bidding against themselves and they gave him more money so it was clear he was the leader and the starter of the team that's why they gave him a little bit more money that's right I forgot about that um look he's nobody I mean is somebody trading for Nick Foles who's please, trading for please Nick don't Fo- do it Ryan Pace please don't do it Ryan Pace oh, I mean everybody I think the team you hear connected possibly as the Colts just because Frank Reich is going to be like oh we can rekindle that magic we won that Super Bowl with you as coming in after our backup quarterback and taking over for Carson Wentz uh but I don't think if you're the Colts that you're going to do that right if you have your pick of the litter in free agency why would you tra- give up any compensation to get Nick Foles who is arguably worse than at least five quarterbacks available in free agency. You, you already if, have a good backup quarterback as your starter. Why would you trade for another good backup quarterback to replace him as a starter? Uh, what about Debo? What about the Eagles? Would you want Howie to make the move, swing the move? Do you does Carson want Howie to swing the move? Uh, I would be curious, like the exact money implications for the Eagles, but he is welcome, welcome spot back on the team as a clear and defined backup. Yeah. Well, the the money spot for the Eagles is pretty clear. They have a twenty two point one two five million dollar cap hit next year if they trade for him, which is I can't see Howie Roseman doing. That's that. tough to swallow, and I think Howie is way too smart to do something like that. If, the, if look if the Jaguars, I mean if the Jaguars cut Foles, and I really don't think they will, because the, I mean the only reason you cut him is that you know your team is going to suck this year, and if you cut him. You would get the dead cap hit out of the way for the future. You know what I'm saying? Like you just bite the bullet and take the $12 million, or I guess it would be the $34 million cap hit now. That's, I mean, that would be an, after, after getting rid of Blake Bortles and his cap hit and then doing this again, I mean, like it's, it would be really, really bad fiscal, uh, uh, responsibility in terms of managing your cap. But I, I guess I could see it if you just wanted to get it out of the way now. Has any team mismanaged the quarterback position worse than the Jaguars in the last decade? I mean, they they took Bortles, which fine, didn't move on from him fast enough, took a running back over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That never gets talked about. It's always just talked about how the Bears took. Yeah, we talked about least, it. But at least we the Bears it. took a quarterback, so at least they got the position right. And the Jaguars didn't even take the best running back. If they needed to take a running back, take Christian McCaffrey. He was so much better suited for the NFL. The, the worst mean, part is the, Bear, the the Jaguars, by as Pete Prisco has said a, a number of times, has said a number of times before the draft, the Jaguars love Deshaun Watson. Like it's not even like that's. See, I agree with you. It's way worse than the Mitch Trubisky thing. At least Ryan Pace just missed on his evaluation of the quarterbacks. The Jaguars got it right and then still took a running back <laughs> while giving Blake Bortles more money and then doubled down by giving Nick Foles more money and like giving him an insane amount of money in a year where like, and again, my boy, Mike Glennon, the bears paid him a lot of money, but they didn't do this deal. He it was, you know, like, they got out after one year. Exactly. Like why on earth would you, Put yourself at risk if Nick Foles isn't good in 2019 where you you just can't get rid of him 
and like you can't get rid of him unless nobody's going to trade for twenty a twenty two million dollar Nick Foles unless it's um, maybe like a team like the Redskins that says if you give us a second round pick and Nick Foles it's the Osweiler the the Browns deal that exactly right so it's no when people see this report that the Jaguars want to trade Nick Foles yeah they do. Of course they do. They're going to have to pay somebody to take him on. That's actually um, really interesting, though, because I actually think a, a team like the Redskins should absolutely do that. You should go sure. get yourself a draft pick um, and just eat the – who cares? You don't need that salary cap space this year. The only reason that the Colts would consider it, maybe, is if, like, Rivers didn't come to the Colts and – or, I mean, look, it's not outrageous, given the amount of salary cap space that the Colts have, that the Colts would sign Phillip Rivers – and then take a second round pick from the Jaguars for Nick Foles. That's not outrageous. And they have so much cap space. They have so much cap space that maybe they can pull it off. Or if you're the Buccaneers and you want a better bat, I mean, team, some team that has a ton of salary cap space should absolutely take on Nick Foles as, as a really expensive one year backup. Dolphins yeah. have Dolphins. the most. That, that, I like Dolphins, that idea. Dolphins make a ton of sense. You move on from Fitzpatrick, you go with Foles, doesn't have to leave Florida. And like you could even run him out there for two years because in 2021 he has a 26.9 million dollar cap hit and 12.5 million dollars in in dead cap space. So you can you know save 14 million dollars in cap space if you cut him. But then you save 21 million dollars in cap space in, in 2022. And so sure, the Dolphins make total sense as a rebuilding team to take on an additional asset. That the Browns did it and it worked out great for them with Osweiler. I would encourage. Anybody who wants an asset from the Jaguars to do it if the Jaguars are willing to do that. Also in the news, the Bengals. Oh, no, wait, sorry. One more trade option. What a the, tease. Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the Bengals. Uh, Jenna Lane of ESPN reports that the Panthers have been shopping five-time Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner, only 26 years old. Um, oh, actually, you know what? One other person who's being shopped as well, according to Jenna Lane. Cordy Glenn of the Bengals. So there you go, John. We'll get a little double dip on the Bengals for you. Um, Glenn would be released if no trade partner can be found. I would presumably not expect – again, like if the Panthers are tra- like shopping Trey Turner, they are tanking, guys. I've been saying this for a few weeks, right? I feel like when the Panthers go into full tank mode that I need to get the pat on the back that I so badly deserve for calling this out of time. Maybe the Panthers should package Turner with Cam Newton and send him to Chicago since the Bears just lost their right guard to retirement. That's actually a really interesting idea. What would what would you send back if you're the Bears? I mean, if you're getting Trey Turner, you would have to at least make it a second, right? You would presume they have a second round. Yeah, oh, they, they have, the Raiders they have, they have pick. two second round picks. Ooh, that's an interesting deal. All right, let me ask you this: I'm Marty Herney. You're Ryan Pace. Oh, Sorry, fine. <laughs> Ryan. What's going on? Marty! Listen, I've been told to blow this thing up, kick it off. Got this rule guy down here. Second round pick. You send me a, two second round picks. I'll send you Trey Turner, Cam Newton. What do you think? You're winning the title this year with them guys. Tell you what, Marty. I'll make it one second and I'll give you a fourth round pick too. Do the Bears have a fourth? Yes. Or a 2021 fourth round pick. Yeah, this, this, this definitely is Ryan Pace. But! Has no clue what picks he is. That, that, yeah, that fourth round pick, uh, yeah, did I use that on a running back? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> that fourth round pick will go up to a second round pick if Cam Newton takes the Bears to the playoffs and plays in a playoff game. Done deal. That's a good, I like that deal. Let's do that. I think with Cam Newton, like, you would have to have some sort of conditional. 
because sure. his health is just such a question mark. And it, it would be a steal for the Bears if they got healthy Cam Newton for just a second round pick. Um, and it would be, but it would be a disaster for the Bears if they got the Cam Newton of last year. Yeah. Um, can't, by the way, Turner signed a four year, $45 million contract in 2017. They would actually get uh, $3 million of cap space. Uh, if they trade him, but would end up with $9.5 million in dead money. Um, I'm telling you, the Panthers are blowing it up. They're not bringing back Don Terry Poe. They got rid of Greg Olson. Luke Keekley retired. They're doing this little song and dance with Cam Newton, who's not healthy enough to, to deal with. The trade to the Bears makes a ton of sense. So, Breach, uh, go ahead and put that in your bold predictions. Cam Newton. Done. You know what? I could decide on Cam Newton's landing spot, and I wanted to have. I don't think the Panthers are going to keep him, but again, his injury does make him hard to trade. Because why are you going to give up compensation if you don't know if he's completely healthy? Um, but if somebody did trade him, it, it, the Bears and the Chargers, I feel like, are the two teams. And when you're throwing in a Pro Bowl offensive lineman mm-hmm. into that, I mean, that spices it up a lot because that makes your team instantly better, especially if this is uh, healthy Cam Newton and not the Cam Newton we saw last year. So. Yeah, I think the Chargers well, to the Bears would make the most sense. I, I think you can also make the case that Cam Newton with the Bears is the most sensible landing spot because it, Cam Newton to me is the type of person who, the type of player who at a hundred percent commands in ninety percent of places to be the starter. I don't think that's the case in Chicago where they still want Trubisky to work out for them. But you can roll your eyes all you want, Sean. But I mean, it's true. Like, yes, they, no, I, yeah, not you. I mean, like. Right. But I'm saying like they it's perfect because you can be like, all right, we'll trade for Cam. We're good. And look, I think that contract, the second and the fourth and the fourth becomes another second next year. I guess it would be next year's second. So you'd be a conditional. Maybe it's a conditional 2021 third that becomes a second if Cam takes him to the playoffs, something like that, because they'll have all their picks next year. Um, you do that deal with the Panthers. You get Trey Turner, who replaces Kyle Long. You get Cam Newton, who, if he is healthy, gives you a legitimate shot, especially in Matt Nagy's offense. It'd be really interesting. And if Cam doesn't get healthy the way you hope he will, you can still keep trotting out Trubisky there. You're like, Trubisky's our starter. Trubisky's our starter. And and you got Trey Turner for, you know, a young guard. So, like, yeah. people wouldn't bash that trade because at least you got that asset for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. Hmm. This is a, That's a spicy deal. That, that deal could happen. Um, if the Panthers are cleaning house – and they have a, a viable offensive lineman, uh, it's, you can probably guess that he's going to be, uh, he will be traded. The Bengals plan to use the tag on wide receiver AJ Green. Joe Burrow said recently, I think with any quarterback, rookie quarterback at the combine, he said this, the more help you can get, the better. And AJ's been one of the best players in his position for a very long time. He turns 32 in July, should make $18.5 million in a single year, fully guaranteed deal. Breach, does AJ Green sprint or jog lightly? to the Bengals' uh, building, office complex, to sign that tag if he's given the tag? Well, if his ankle is healed, he's going to sprint. But I don't know if it is because that thing has been injured forever. But I will say there's two interesting dynamics at play here. Number one, A.J. Green will play. He's not going to hold out. He's a guy who said, look, they're going to pay me $18 million for one year. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to sign that and play. Why would I not play for $18 million? Why would I miss a single paycheck? So uh, in that sense – if you're a Bengals fan, that's good. You know, you're going to have A.J. Green on the field once he gets tagged. But the other flip side of that is is that A.J. Green has kind of hinted that he wouldn't show up at spring workouts if he got the franchise tag. And maybe that carries over into training camp. And if you're drafting Joe Burrow, you don't want your star receiver skipping out on those early workouts that he would get with this rookie quarterback. So 
you know, obviously the good side is, yes, he, he'll take the tag. He wants the money. He's not going to miss any more games. The bad side is he might skip uh, spring workouts, OTAs and stuff. So uh, it, it's an interesting situation, but I do think that he would probably in the end show up if they drafted Joe Burrow because he would want to get that chemistry going with a new quarterback. And it's also it's tough to give him a long-term deal just because he's been injured so much lately. So you do want to tag him and see what he does in that one year. I will say maybe he will show up for practices in the offseason if they play on a safe field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Maybe help he, him stay healthy. I mean, they played on that Dayton field for the 100th anniversary of the NFL, and that's where he got hurt because they yes. had freaking, like, they just, like, aerated it or something like that. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Like, they, I mean, they were setting the up the field like it was set up 100 years ago, Brinson. <laughs> that's, that's fine. And, and, you know what? It probably cost them that 10-win season you'd predicted. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that – if I'm AJ Green, at his age, I mean, if the Bengals offered him a three-year, fully guaranteed deal worth eighteen million dollars a year, would he? Would you take it if you're him? I'm not offering him three years, fully guaranteed when he's missed. He just missed an entire season. He's always but he can't I mean, make like, that risk. Well, but let's let's not treat this like he suffered a season-ending injury. He got screwed by a crappy practice field, and then was like, "Okay, this team's terrible." I'm not ruining my career for this team. And then would like just treat it on a week to week basis and just clearly just didn't. It was like, I'm not playing. Like I'm not, I'm in the final year of my deal. I'm not going out there. Like, I'm sorry. I, I bet he was, I bet I would kill to see the text thread between him and Andy Dalton. Cause I bet it's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like I, I can't go out there. I can't. And Andy Dalton's like, dude. I bet it's not like, and, and then Andy Dalton gets bad and he's like, stay out, AJ, stay out. Yeah, AJ. He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, when AJ Green's going to come back and blow out his knee trying to run around for a one, one win Ryan Finley led team because, but like, after he, after he got hurt on a, on a crappy practice field, he should have skipped the whole season and he's he didn't miss 32 games over the past four seasons. It's not I don't, just again, I don't think you can count. So that's 16 over the previous three. And one was like, a that's mix. a lot. Yeah, sure. So I mean, you cannot look, give someone a three-year, fully guaranteed deal if, if they're. Look, look, so like you it. want them to look, move on from AJ Green? Look, no, look. I think if they are drafting Joe Burrow, they should keep AJ Green, and I think they are drafting Joe Burrow. So I think you give him as many weapons as possible. You give him AJ Green. You give him Tyler Boyd. He has Joe Mixon in the back. I, I do think they should keep AJ Green. I, I know, but I I'm not saying, think they should give him a fully guaranteed three-year contract. I, I know, but I'm saying like, don't you like if you're going to tag AJ Green? I mean. I think to me either I, – I, I guess you actually you tag him and then you just let him play one year and then you let him walk and that's the play. You just be stingy a-holes about it instead of paying the guy who's been around forever? I think I would do maybe a two-year deal. Two years, $30 million guaranteed. Okay, that's fine. But, do a bridge deal, yeah. If you're A.J. Green, are you signing this or are you like get me the hell out of Cincinnati as soon as possible? I'll take that one-year lucrative – um, franchise tag. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll play off that big salary, and then I'm leaving, and I'm signing one more contract with a contender, so I can actually go win something for the first. Yeah, time. see, I think. Yeah, I think if I'm AJ Green, I'm doing one of two things. I'm saying bleep you. I'm not coming back, or I'm gonna go out and just ball out with Joe Burrow after being like you know, getting an entire year to get healthy, have a monster season. That's the win-win for those two sides. The problem is, by the time that season ends, he's so old that if he does get hurt. It to me it it creates it's a little problematic from his free agent perspective next season and this actually isn't that good a year to be in the to um to be a wide receiver because there's so many wide receivers in the draft so maybe you wait all right uh, also in franchise tag news Jenna Lane again of ESPN nice job Jenna. big day for her 
Yeah, it's in lane season. Uh, the Redskins are planning to tag Brandon Scherf, and the Steelers plan on tagging Bud Dupree. Uh, would you, if, if, I think we've talked about Scherf a lot here, and I think it makes all the sense in the world. The Redskins have been unable to stay healthy at most positions for the last 10 to 15 years. They have a new training staff. Ryan Vermillion came up from Charlotte with Ron Rivera. It stands to reason, in my unlicensed medical opinion, that the Redskins will have a bounce-back season health-wise this year from the previous five years just by changing over the training staff and letting Ron Rivera get his imprint on there. I, I would guess. And if that's the case, and you have a young you know, second-year quarterback in Dwayne Haskins and you're not drafting Tua, or maybe even if you are drafting Tua, uh, it stands to reason that you would want to get Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf back in there to protect your young quarterback. They are blue-chip offensive line prospects. This makes total sense. Yes. Bud Dupree's a little bit different, but I well, wouldn't I wouldn't pay him, but I would tag him and see if he Yeah, I think this. Dupree's the classic tag candidate. The guy he in his age twenty six season, he explodes for eleven and a half sacks. He had eleven and a half sacks the previous two seasons combined, so this is the first time he exploded for double digits. You, he's twenty six. He was a first round bust for three yes. years and then So blew you up. go make him prove it again, Evan, and you can give him that big contract then. Or someone else will. That's true. Uh Breach, any thoughts on Scherf or Dupree. No, I think if the Steelers, you tagged Dupree. Sean said he's the classic candidate. Their defense was so good that I think you have to want to keep together. And your thought process has to be, if we get a healthy Ben Roethlisberger out there, we're one of the top three teams in the AFC. And so you want to keep that nucleus together as, as well as you can. One thing I would keep an eye out for with Dupree, and it makes a lot of sense to tag him. You can actually transition tag but Dupree. I wouldn't hate that. But then somebody might match that. Uh, it would be 14.08. Uh, the franchise tag, I think this is uh, projected around $16 million for linebackers. It is worth noting, because we have a new CBA that is in play, keep an eye out to see whether or not they split out the designations for the for outside linebackers and edge guys. I bet they won't get to it because they're in such a hurry, but they really should. Like, uh, offensive line, I mean, like the, there's not the, – the, the categories for the CBA are based on something that was created in 2011. Like, you know, you don't even have outside linebackers in there. So if that were to happen, it's possible that Bud Dupree's franchise tag number could get up closer to $20 million and maybe they balk at it. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would anticipate that that is not a huge deal and probably not something that the players are focused on for whatever reason. Also, the Jaguars plan on tagging – speaking of outside linebackers and edge rushers – plan on tagging Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, and you know what? Yannick, the third round pick out of Maryland, doesn't like it. Doesn't like the idea. Uh, he uh, tweeted on Monday morning after the news came out, the Jaguars are aware I no longer have interest in signing a long-term contract in Jacksonville. Duval, I love you and gave you guys everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey and look forward to continuing my career elsewhere. Not hash 91. Here's the thing. This is what, to me, where the CB, where teams consistently violate the spirit of the franchise tag rule. And it's, it's, you can violate the spirit all you want. Like it's not illegal to violate the spirit, but it's sort of obnoxious. They have no, like they know that he's not going to sign with them. They don't want to give him the money that he wants to sign there. They're, they know they're not going to work out a deal, but they want a guy to play on a one year tag. It's just like the AJ Green thing to me. Like it, you shouldn't, it's impossible to prove intent to sign, I guess. Some teams are better about this than others. Like I think the Patriots are actually surprisingly really good about not pushing the boundaries on this. I think the Steelers do a fair job of it as well, even though they had the Le'Veon Bell situation. You shouldn't be able to tag somebody if you won't pay them. 
Like, and the, the Jaguars are not going to pay Yannick Ngakwe. Let him get to free agency. It's really obnoxious when they do this. If a player comes out and says, I will not sign with this team, you shouldn't be able to tag him. That's, that's your best take you've had in a while. Yeah, thanks. The tag sucks for players. I mean, it's restricting their ability to go to go get big money over a large number of years. And I completely agree with you. Uh, that said, man, what a brutal time to be a Jacks fan. I mean, I guess it's it's been brutal for a while. But, you, you know, you had Jalen Ramsey. You, had, you make Ngagwe. Like, you have this great defensive core. Traded Jalen Ramsey. Um, and now you're going to lose a 24-year-old potential superstar pass rusher as he's entering his prime. Um, and he wants nothing to do with you. Like, that yeah, is mean, a dysfunctional organization. Yeah. That's right. Do you it's think like, he and, sits out the whole season if if he because uh, he's he's not he doesn't want to play for them at all. He clearly and, does not want to play for them. And by so the way, do you think, do you think that, he signs that tag on July fifteenth, or do you th- think he says, you know what, I'm done? This whole discussion ignores the fact that we just had a ten minute discussion about how the Jaguars completely botched the quarterback situation over the last ten years. I mean, I'm not trying to blame the Con family because I like the Con family. I think they're good. They're much better at what they're doing than, than Wayne Weaver was when he was running Jacksonville. But like, somebody needs to go down to Dave Caldwell's office and like knock on the door and be like, okay, look, you know, I mean, or like, or like, hey, Tom Coughlin, like, how about you know, like maybe you've got to owe us some money for the stuff that happened. I mean, you can't draft blue chip talent like this and let it walk while botching the quarterback situation. This is not how you run a franchise. To, to answer Breach's question, uh, he does seem like somebody who would sit out the whole year. Brenton, if you were in charge of Jacksonville, how would you fix it in one off season? <laughs> one off season? One off season. That's all you get. He's not a miracle worker. No. Uh, only one man. Yeah. And, and the problem, look, this happens to NFL teams all the time, but they are stuck in this purgatory of trying to fix it right now because the coach and the GM are on, on thin ice versus trying to create some long-term sustainable plan. And really, like, the worst thing you can do is to trade Nick Foles in a second-round pick to somebody. Like, give him a second-round pick, like another Yannick, he's a third-round pick. Because you're, you know, you're cheap and you won't, you won't pay for the mistake you made. Yeah, like you made a mistake, you gotta bite the bullet and just deal with it. And, I just, I just think Jacksonville. I mean, look, they, they were just drafted the quarterback. We're going with Gardner Minshew. See what Gardner Minshew's got for a full season. Sell some tickets. Sell some mustaches. Why is it that hard? Just Gardner's starting. Nick is backing him up. Let's see if we're any good this year. If not, and like, and like Fournette, you're let, you gotta let. You're not gonna pick up the option on Fournette. Are you kidding me? It's insane. The whole thing is just. Like, and then we send this dysfunctional organization to London twice a year. It's like. That country is going to declare war on us for this. Just why are we getting your garbage? Can we get another team over here besides well, Jacksonville? But that, and that's part of the thing too, is like when you watch how all of this unfolds and like you see all these things happen with Jacksonville, it's like, it does make it seem like they're like, okay, we don't want to blow it all up because we might have to move to London in two years. And then, you know, you got to explain to the new guy that he's going to London. So I don't know. It's a mess. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe certainly would qualify as somebody. Who would, uh, who could use a fresh start? And that's our top Tuesday's top five, Taco Tuesday top five. Players who need a change, sponsored by Taco Tuesdays. Players who need a change of scenery the most. We should get a, uh, Diva. Let's work on a, uh, taco sponsorship. You got it, Will. Get, get it done <laughs> and have them mail us the tacos for every recording no. on Monday. Chewies? Is that your spot, Brinson? I, no, Chubby's is a local spot, but I do like Chewy's. Chewy, my wife likes Chewy's. I'm, I'm okay on it. Their tacos are, eh. well, they're not, like, they're, it, it's really Tex-Mex. Should I go down to my taco truck and see if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. Tell them that, you, yeah, we'll mention it. I mean, sure, why not? Um, I'm ashamed taco, to say, I'm ashamed, 
I'm I ashamed to say good. that I uh, I go there enough drunk that they know my order by heart. When I when I call it in, they know who it is. For instance, Taco Bell doesn't have Taco Tuesday. They're a fast food restaurant. You have to go to an actual taco stand or a Mexican style restaurant usually. No, it, it would be Taco. It'd be Tuesday Top Five sponsored by Taco Bell, and then we'd go Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Um, and Breach, you're not allowed to heat it up on Wednesday. You okay. Heat it on Tuesday. No, no, no. Breach gets his on Monday, and then reheats them. <laughs> anyway, top five who need a change of scenery. Let's hear your list, John Breach. These do not have to be pure free agents. It can just be people who are considered like on the outs with their team. So, for instance, Andy Dalton, perhaps if he was on your list, Breach would qualify. Uh, obviously that's a spoiler alert because you knew I was going to start my list with Andy Dalton. Well, you start uh, with five and you work your way up. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going okay. reverse now because I'm not going to let you spoil my number one because you already spoiled it. Um, here's what I will say is that, so I thought this was just going to be free agents. And then Brinson, the host went full diva and said it had to be not just free agents, but players who also can be traded. So I modified my list multiple times today. And it's actually different from what you guys are seeing, so you don't even know what it is. But number one is Andy Dalton. Get him somewhere else. He doesn't need to be in Cincinnati. We all know that. There's a lot of situations where I think he could thrive. Uh, we've mentioned him, Bears, Patriots. Um, so we'll move on from Andy Dalton because we don't need to have a long conversation about Andy Dalton, even though I, I could have a whole entire podcast about Andy Dalton. But a, I daily, a daily Andy Dalton podcast. <laughs> that would round. be called the, the Carrot Top Cannon Podcast is what it would be called. All right. Um, Red Rifle. Also, John also on my imagine, list. imagine by the way, if you were an NFL player and found out that like, like a like a marginal NFL player like Andy Dalton, and found out that there was somebody out there who worked for like a major media company that started a daily podcast about you. Would you be Would you be honored or petrified? Um, I would be honored. I think you would have to listen to it. By the way, this has had me thinking. Back in that Andy Dalton tattoo bet, I shouldn't have had. It be a Mitch Trubisky sticker. I should have made Breach dye his hair Andy Dalton orange for like a month. Right? That's what the Man, bet should that have, been. Would have been. I mean, like a week, even like a week. Like that just would have been incredible. Oh. Too late, man. Can't you, well, Going next, year, when, next year when he's on the Patriots and you talk yourself into him doing the same well, thing. And Dalton winning the Super Bowl. At a certain we need to sort of set a limit for when you gotta pay off this bet. And otherwise it like moves up to a dye the hair situation. Oh, you can't just add terms to the bet. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to Jay Cutler's house. We all know it. I'm gonna get Sean's autograph. Uh, it's all. I'll probably even take a selfie with him. Text it to Sean. It's it's all gonna happen. I might even show up on Cutler's Instagram that he doesn't have this actually run by Kristen. Who knows? It's Who gonna. Knows? What's actually gonna happen is I'm gonna be watching their reality show, and Breach is just like gonna be suddenly in the scene hanging out at Jay Cutler's house, and <laughs> instead of him paying the bet, he's just gonna make me really jealous. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, Breach is like best friends with Jay Cutler. All right, who's number two on your list, Breach? All right, so now we're going reverse order. That was number one, but now I'm going back to six. No, 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 no. Just Wait, go to six. No, go I one, two, five. three, four, five. All right, yeah, so five. Breach only Why has five. Why did Breach say Because I have bonus ones. John, John, you I have cannot. two bonus ones. He you wanted to go from one to six for you, a top five list. <laughs> you cannot go. First of all, it's top five Taco Tuesday. So you cannot go. One, five, one, six, five, four, three, two. That is criminal to Debo. It is criminal to me and Sean. It is even more criminal to the listeners. Imagine trying to like, you're like on the, on the treadmill and you're trying to like, what is this guy? Like one, six. All right. Bonus? My second number is the 2015 top two picks. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are my number twos. Cause I'm lumping them together. Cause they were the top two picks. It makes sense, right? Okay. See, I, 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 we will let that fly. 
I think that there's kind of this whole thing where we have nobody's really talked about Marcus Mariota. You know, we've talked about Jameis Winston a lot and where he might end up as a team want their quarterback throwing 25 interceptions. They'll love him. But could Mariota work in a system like New England? Could he work? Is that is that Chicago? Could he be, be a good backup quarterback in Chicago? Sean, where you say, all right, we'll let Trubisky start the season. He won't be too threatened by Mariota, but we do have this guy here to take over if Trubisky still struggles. Um, so I, what I if, Mark- what if he went to Los Angeles and Mark and Ryan Tannehill, Tyrod Taylor? I, I mean, I just feel like he's flown under the radar this offseason, probably because he wasn't that great over the past four years, but he led to the Titans yeah. the playoffs a couple times. He's also, he's also 26 and a former Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Like he's, he, like he's, he just he just hasn't looked like Breach said like he it's been a long time since you saw that saw like the quarterback he once was briefly in the NFL was at Oregon so I think he makes complete sense for the Bears I don't want him because I want the Bears to aim higher if but the like, Patriots if the Patriots signed him I would absolutely expect him to throw for like four thousand yards next year and, and, you know he went nine and seven three straight seasons went to the playoffs once beat the Chiefs and caught a touchdown pass that he threw to himself. Uh, so I just feel like he's going a little bit under the he's, radar. Look, he had, he had stretches in, I think 2018 was probably the last time he had a, but like there was a stretch of 2018 where he was playing lights out and like, he looked like a really good quarterback and maybe and, he just hadn't been healthy. Maybe it hadn't been a good system for him. All those things. I, I do think he's a, a, a huge candidate for a fresh start somewhere else. All right. Number three on my list is David Johnson. I feel like, Ooh. You have the Cardinals who said, hey, we got we went out, we traded for Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake looks like a great fit in Queef Kingsbury's offense. So if I'm the Cardinals, I am trying to keep Kenyon Drake. David Johnson was just an afterthought. And now all of a sudden you have this guy who was a stud before his injury. And if I'm a team that needs a running back, <clears throat> Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, reunite with Bruce Arians, I'm calling up and I'm seeing if David Johnson is available because he can't be that expensive right now. The Cardinals will probably be happy to unload him and his contract. And I think he would thrive in Bruce Arians' offense. So I think David Johnson could use a change of scenery. Number four on my list is also a running back. It is Melvin Gordon. Now, I know that Melvin Gordon probably has said, I think he said that he wouldn't mind staying with the Chargers. But look, man, you just held out, missed part of the season. You're the laughing stock of your locker room. You know, you're coming back with your tail tucked between your legs. You're going to take a lower – if you stay with the Chargers, you're not getting any close to the $12 million you wanted. You're going to end up getting like 7 or $8 million. Uh, so you did the opposite of negotiate. It, the Chargers owners took a complete advantage of you if you go back lower than your asking price after holding out for part of the season. So if I'm Melvin Gordon, I just wouldn't want to go back to uh, L.A. and play for the Chargers. So I would look to sign with another team this offseason. And number five is the Debo special, Nelson Aguilar. That's mm. just the dude, you know, they're making fun of him. The guys are catching babies, thrown out of burning buildings, and they're making fun. Of, he's become a running joke in Philadelphia. If I'm Aguilar, I just want out of there, and I leave this offseason. Mm. All right, Sean. Yeah, I got. I I think the Aguilar, I would, if I'm Aguilar, I'm like, there's no way I'm playing in this stupid city again with its stupid jerks on the stupid news talking about stupid babies and <laughs> stupid me not catching my stupid passes. There, so, goes, Sean, your, there goes your taco sponsorship. There goes my what? I'm not trying for that taco sponsorship anymore. <laughs> I was just, I was Philly, just man. You, that's not how I feel. That's how Nelson Aguilar feels. Oh, okay. Yeah. You were just speaking as if you were Aguilar. Got it. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> it's a it's a good vehicle for bashing something without actually bat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a good 
good technique. You you right. you speak through somebody. So, so like the next my, time like, you say you hate Brinson, you'd be like, I'm just speaking for Wilson. I'm I'm being Wilson. I'm not. I don't actually hate you. <laughs> like when my wife uses the dog to threaten to kill me. Like, yeah. by, the, by the way, I know Wilson's busy doing draft stuff. We got to get him on top five Taco Tuesdays because his lists are out of control. Remember True. when he didn't rank Bill Belichick in his top five coaches? <laughs> I know, like, what was his, like, top five fresh faces would be like, it's like, Brett Favre. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? Mahomes. Like, what are you talking about? His, uh, his top free agent, he'd be like, guys, uh, Albert Hainsworth, that's the top of my list right now. Everybody uh, should go after him. All right, Sean, give us your list. Uh, by the way, I actually liked Breach's list. Good job, Breach. I agreed with pretty much everyone. Number Thanks, one. I'm going with A.J. Green. Ooh. Look, this man has been one of the most underrated receivers, I feel like, in his time in the NFL because he's been overshadowed by, you know, guys like Julio, um, Odell. He's 31 years old. Set him free. Let him go to a winner. Don't Joe Burrow's probably going to be awesome. Don't make him suffer through a rookie season. That's probably going to be rough because it is rough for most rookies going to the top team in the draft because that team sucks. Let him leave. Let him go to the Patriots. Let him have some success. A.J. Green deserves to be set free. Number two, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, look, Bridgewater could – he's not going to stay, but in theory, yes, he could stay and take over for Breeze still. But he's done the backup role long enough. He's 27 years old. He's proven that when he's played, he's still capable. It's time for him to go actually see if he can be a starter in the league. Um, he's done his due he's, – he's paid his dues long enough since the knee injury. Um, it's time for him to leave. Number three, Andy Dalton. Uh we don't need to talk about Andy Dalton. Breach has his own podcast. Um, but, yes, um, he's 32. He's on his last years of productive football. It's not going to happen in Cincinnati. Um, in theory, he could stay and start the beginning of the season and get benched, and that could happen. And if I wasn't a Bears fan, I frankly wouldn't care because it's Andy Dalton. Um, and that's why he falls to number three behind Teddy Bridgewater. Number four, Trent Williams. I know there's a new regime in place in Washington, uh, and it sounds like he's going to come back and, and play after sitting out last season, and that's all fine and well, but he is 31. 2020 is the final year of his deal. I think if you're the Redskins, yes, you want him to pre- protect Dwayne Haskins, but you also don't want to let him walk in free agency, lose him for free. I think there are teams like the Browns that all last year were connected in trade talks that would give up a hefty price for him, and you could reinvest that pick in the draft this year. Um, and for Trent Williams, like he's been a part of a dysfunctional organization. I'm not saying it's going to be like that under Ron Rivera, but I don't think his timeline matches the Redskins' timeline under Ron Rivera. Let him go to a contender. Let him go to a good team. Have some successful football. My fifth one is a little bit outside the box. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, and there were some trade rumors. I don't even know if I want to call them reports earlier this off season. And they like a have, random guy that like nobody's ever heard of that was reporting it. Yeah. And, and they've, I mean, and it, it, it was persistent enough that they actually came out and they didn't, they've denied all the rumors. So I don't think this is going to happen. I used to be an anti Stafford guy at the beginning of his career, thought he was just pumping up his numbers because of the volume of being a part of a bad Lions team that threw the ball all the time. I thought he had the best season of his career in 2019 before he got hurt, and it didn't matter because he stuck with Matt Patricia, and he stuck on a terrible Lions team. He's 32 years old. I want to see what Matthew Stafford can do on a team that isn't inept like the Lions. He's not going to win anything in Detroit. If they ever get good again, he's going to be past his prime. Um, he will be moved on because his contract will be out. Send him to a good team. I would love to see him on an actual competent organization and actually see what it'd be like um, because he hasn't been on that in his entire career. And I think he's actually 
gotten smarter and kind of peaking. So send them to Chicago, you cowards. Sean, I have a question about your list. Who wins the playoff game first, Andy Dalton or Matthew Stafford? Andy Dalton, because Andy Dalton has a better chance to go to a good team. Does Andy Dalton have to start for the playoff game? <laughs> Nobody mentioned starting Will Brinson. We mentioned winning a playoff game. I don't care if he's Andy on Andy Dalton is on a roster of a team that wins a playoff game. Yeah, you would obviously take Andy Dalton first because he has like a 1-31, in 1-30 in chance of landing on like a good team. Whereas Stafford Matthew Stafford, Stafford, yeah. Oh, so that is, you're saying Matt Patricia has no chance of winning a playoff game with the Lions? It's, yeah. The odds are stacked against it. Who wins a playoff game first, Joe Burrow or Andy Dalton? Oh, that's a good one. No, it's not. It's Andy Dalton, obviously. Burrow's going 15 and Bruce, one. I was going to say, winning. about to give us our 10-win Bengals take yeah. for next year. Thank God, 2000. Six like, wins for the listeners. It was six and 10, ended up being my prediction. Uh, we just need to clarify that every time. Last year? Yeah, for 2019. He, he, he coached it with like, the ceiling was 10 and six, but, yeah. I, but the I'm, final I'm gonna, prediction was six and 10. I'm going to allow ceiling and floors because I'm, I'm all about that when you talk about an NFL team because there's so much variance. All right. My list of five players. I think that, uh, everybody you guys included were, uh, guys that were going to make, potentially make my list. AJ Green, of course. David Johnson, definitely. Uh, Marcus Mariota makes total sense. Uh, Jameis Winston, but, um, I'm going to go with, uh, in fact, I, I think Jameis Winston actually is a bad example of needing a new spot. Not, not, not like, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I just don't know that he's going to get a better environment than he's got. Like, like where are you going to get Bruce Arians, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard? Like, is there a better landing? Like, is there somewhere that you can go that's a better fresh start than that? I don't know. Here's my list and it's all quarterbacks. Number one, Phillip Rivers. Duh. Your boy. Okay, Captain Obvious. Well, it's an obvious choice, but like, you're the one who always gets mad at me for making obvious picks and look at you picking Phillip Rivers. Well, he was, I tried to, I wanted to distinct, I changed my list as you guys were reading off yours, so we wouldn't have a bunch of redundancies. But also, Brenton has to stay on brand. And That's taking Philip Rivers so, is so totally here comes on brand. Cam Newton at number two. Not true. But I do think <laughs> that, um, I do think that Philip Rivers, maybe more than anybody in this discussion, would benefit from a fresh start. Like, I, I just think he, like, he's going to go somewhere like Indiana, like, if he goes to Indianapolis, He's going to be – who doesn't love the city of Indianapolis? He's going to be reinvigorated by by the city. He's going to like – sometimes – and we've seen this with Phillip Rivers before too, like when they fired North Turner and then again when they fired Kim Wisenhunt. Typically speaking, when he gets the reset button pressed on him, he has a really nice bounce back year. I mean, he won comeback player of the year and he didn't miss any time the year before. So I think that we could see a really good season from him in Indianapolis, a really efficient but like high volume kind of season in a good offense with a coach he's worked with before and just sort of feeling refreshed by being out of the Chargers and knowing the, the weight of trying to win in, in Los Angeles and, and commuting and all that. So I think Rivers more than anybody benefits. Um, I included Andy Dalton at number two just because it's just, it's just toxic if you're Andy Dalton. Like you were benched yeah. for. Middle of the season for Ryan Finley. Now they're drafting Joe Burrow. It's get him out and get him, get him a fresh start. Plus he's like, as by all accounts, he's one of the nicest people in, in to play football in the last 10 years. So get Andy Dalton a nice landing spot. Number three, Cam Newton. Um, I do think when you look at the Panthers, we talk about the Trey Turner rumors, how he's on the trading block. Luke Keekley retires. Greg Olson is cut. They're, 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 they're tanking. They're tanking. I've been saying it for weeks. They're tanking. Cam Newton wants to, he has too much pride to say, I want to be traded. And the Panthers are trying to sort of 
qua, you know, uh, squash the, the rumors that are popping up about it. But clearly, like, I just think he needs to go somewhere else. Right? Yeah, I wanted to include Cam. I, I kind of, I kind of, I would have swapped him in for Trent Williams in hindsight. Brent, yeah. where do you think he should go? I, I, I think Sean and I solved the world's problems with the Cam Newton. I mean, if we can knock out coronavirus, we'll, we'll really, we could get a Nobel Prize, but we got Cam Newton to Chicago with Trey Turner. I'm glad we do this via Skype because there's like a 10% chance one of you already has coronavirus. I don't want to deal with that. Oh, is it, it's higher than that. It's probably like Sean, 30%. Sean lives on the West Coast. He probably got it like four days ago. Not only, yeah, not only it's the Bay Area was the first concer- confirmed U.S. cases, but in Washington, like, we're, like, there's a big outbreak in Kirkland. I lived like 15 minutes away from there growing up, so. You shouldn't be bragging uh, about that. Maybe it's me. Sean, it's, it's actually, your, he's patient zero. What if what if Sean shows up in the next podcast and he's like he's not wearing a Notre Dame jersey he's wearing a coronavirus jersey like <laughs> it's a coronavirus it's I, I survived uh, coronavirus and I um I was reading an article uh not to get off on it but I was reading an article that's like you're likely to get coronavirus yeah. it's it's basically going to be like the flu on steroids and it just everybody's gonna get it and it's, you gotta well, hope it goes away. It's not going away quickly. Like, it's going to be a long process. So, like, this will be a thing that we constantly hear about. This is going to be a thing for, like, nine months to a year. What if, what if, what if coronavirus, unlike the flu, only gets stronger when it gets warm? That would be a problem. Well, it would also be a problem because the NFL has international games. You have London. Like, can you send your teams over? Like, big companies right now, CNN's one of them, is saying you can't travel overseas until all this gets figured out. So if it's still this kind of situation, that's going to be an issue for the NFL. Can you have four games in London and, and promise your players they're going to be safeguarded away from this? Because you can't send them over there knowing they could get this. I mean, that's a, a public health hazard, and you can't put your employees in that situation. I mean, I feel like so, that's pretty far down the road, right? Like the the NFL's concerns? I mean, kind What's of. The-, the NFL schedule comes out in April, and if it's still an issue in, like, July, you've got to decide if you're going to have these London games or play them in the United States – yeah, but the, but the NFL definitely takes a, like a, okay, that, like, like when it, when it, like there's like a hurricane bearing down in Miami, they're like, all right, let's just see if we can wait till Friday and hope that yeah. hurricane turns. <laughs> like that's, like that's almost always their approach with scheduling stuff. And I will say we did learn during the Mexico City game with the Rams and the Chiefs that the hosting team has to have their stadium open that weekend, uh, in case something does happen. So any team hosting in London next year, Ooh. Could presumably have their game moved back to their home stadium. I'm looking forward to your uh, middle, middle uh, or late April coronavirus colon why NFL stadiums will be empty. <laughs> but like it's not because they're empty because of the coronavirus. But Breach is saying why they'll be empty for the London games. But he'll get clicks because people are trying to find out if fans won't go. By the uh, way, one more quick tangent. Did you guys see that story about how like 30? 30- whatever percent of Americans like won't drink Corona because they think it's like related to it's coronavirus. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable that people are that stupid, but it is totally believable. Were we talking about it's this like, privately Debo? Yeah, that was Brian off, was off the pod last night. Yeah, we're talking about this after the pod. It's yeah. like, it's like people who think chocolate milk comes from like brown cows. No, Debo bought a Corona the other night out and people were like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> then, I mean, like they were right. Yes, I can confirm. I got. I mean, do you, what did you respond? Wait, Debo, have you been tested for coronavirus since drinking that Corona? Can we confirm? They let you can, in the building. That yeah. cannot be confirmed. Imagine being so stupid that you think that the coronavirus is coming from Corona beer. Imagine <laughs> being that stupid. Like, no offense to anyone who listens to this who thought that, but like, my God, that is unbelievable. Like, what is your day to day mental activity like if you think that? 
Like, like, what do you, what do you, what is the first thing that pops up in your head when you wake up in the morning if you could think that coronavirus is caused by Corona beer? You think chocolate and, milk comes from brown cows? Sure. To tie it all together, this it's uh, like a, this is like something from the office. Like, this like, podcast is coming out on Super Tuesday, and thirty eight percent of the people who think coronavirus is caused by Corona will be voting. Those people get the say in who runs the country. Yep. But go vote. Go vote. Go Everybody vote. Everybody go vote. Yeah, definitely. Everybody go vote. Go vote. Maybe. Uh, number four. Oh God, we get woo. That's your daily coronavirus tangent update. <laughs> Number four, people who need a fresh face. You know, I'm, I'm on brand with my list, baby. Derek Carr needs a fresh face. Get him out of this, this Oakland thing. This Las Vegas thing's not working out. He's too, he's too good of a person, too clean cut for Las Vegas. Vegas needs somebody with an edge. Jordan Love caught smoking weed. Maybe Justin, <laughs> Justin Herbert doesn't really have an edge. Um, Who's got an edge? Somebody else like, uh, Tua, uh, is kind of clean cut too. We need somebody with an edge. Jameis Unless... Winston has an Exactly. Edge. A Vegas bad boy. Let's put Jameis in, in Vegas. Nothing could go wrong if we do that. Um, I just think Derek Carr is a little clingy when it comes to his, his coach. Uh, I think the Raiders have a lot of upside and I don't, look, the reality is I don't think that they can reach their upside offensively with Derek Carr. And I think John Gruden believes that too. And so if I were John Gruden, I would be looking at ways to increase what we could do from an upside perspective. I don't know that Tom Brady's the answer. I think he'd be great to sell tickets and all that. But, man, like, what if – John Gruden's a really good coach and a really good quarterback guy, and wh- what if he can unlock Jameis Winston's upside? Like, why wouldn't you want to take that risk when you're on a 10-year deal? Although, secretly, going to year three already. Uh, all good points, Winston. Okay. And no, number – Can I – wait, can I say this real quick about Carr? If he were to go somewhere, and it, it's ironic, but like I would not hate him in Chicago, assuming as long as the trade cost isn't much. Uh, I don't think he's a great quarterback or a good quarterback, but I think he's average. And I think this Bears team is obviously just screaming for average. It would reunite him with Khalil Mack. They are uh, BFFs, and there was an Instagram that led to some speculation that a trade could be in the works between the two teams. Um, for the record. I'm trying to look at Derek Carr's contract status. It's, it's not. It's not bad anymore. But I, they but would, I, they, they would I, save I, money by getting rid of him. But I, I of course, they would. But um, I think Spotrack picked a bad. There we go. Mine's, uh, mine's not loading either. Yeah, I think it's because the Nick Foles, the way to Nick Foles. Um, I actually think they could cut him. We've been saying this since two years ago when he had like that stinker on opening night well, that we they said, were going to cut him. But we said it after we like. We weren't like, they're going to cut him right now. We're like, they're going to cut him in two years when his yes. contract gives them a lot of flexibility. Now, if you trade him, you save $16.5 million and only have $5 million in dead cap space. If you cut him, you have $7.9 million in dead cap space, but you free up $13.6 million in cap space. So, like, either option is ex- – I mean, again, they're not bashing Derek Carr, but either option is extremely viable – from that perspective, if you wanted to make the move, the, the, the problem for the Raiders is that to make the move, like, I think that they would have to go into the legal tampering period, talk to, they have to find out what the market is like. They would have to have somebody on lockdown and then decide to cut Derek Carr. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to draft somebody in the first round, you don't cut Derek Carr first. Oh, no. This is absolutely your, Getting that quarterback in the tampering window, you're agreeing the terms on a deal, 
and then boom, cars cut. So it's got to happen in that 48 hours where the tampering is legal. Exactly. So you, so like you, have, it's it's a it's just a weird situation. It's like a hard, it's a weird game of chicken because if you're the Raiders, you have to act like you love Derek Carr and talk him up and, and and prop him up. And then if you can land somebody, whether it's Jameis if he doesn't get tagged, or Tom Brady if you if you want to go that route, or Philip Rivers, whatever it is, you hammer that out in the legal tampering window, and then you cut Derek Carr right before the new league year begins, and then everybody's like. Either, you know, we already know who they went after or we find out who they went after once a new league year starts off. Uh, and then finally, number five on my list, Tom Brady. Who? Tom Brady. He needs a new, he need, look, this, don't go no. back to New England. You need Nashville in your life. We need cowboy Tom Brady, redneck Tom Brady, prancing around Broadway, doing shots of fireball with Mike Vrabel, yelling about penises and Knives and stuff. That's what we need. What do you think, Breach? I got a crashing bachelorette party. He's like, oh, you got some penis straws. That is uh, definitely. Brady can hang out at my house, which is a, a selling point of moving to Nashville. I actually think Brady would be if he ends up in the AFC. I think the Titans make the most sense. Uh, but as I said, man, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers would be a nice change of scenery. You're in Florida. You know what? Florida doesn't have a state income tax, Tom. I thought. I thought and there to Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Both options, you just get your thirty million dollars without the state taking your money. Yeah, look, I think that I think if you're somebody like Tom Brady, you can. I don't know. I just feel like you need a, a new, a fresh face. Just feels like it. It needs to happen. It would you, be. It would you, be. Were, you were doing so well up until number five. Well, it's He's not, where is he finding a better situation than New England? We they're gonna sign. Hunter Henry, they're going to sign Austin Hooper. They're going to trade for AJ Green or Odell Beckham, as Ryan would say. I got to say that because Ryan's not here, and we have to mention that. Where, why would he leave? It makes no sense. This is not the time to leave. Finish it with one career. But that's the tricky part of it is that the like the Patriots are going to have. I mean, now that the more that you think about it too, if they want to prove to Tom Brady that they're going to bring in weapons into New England, they have to start doing it during the legal tampering period. And they have roughly 12 to 24 hours to bang out deals with Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry if these guys aren't tagged uh, to try and make a move for A.J. Green. Like You have to put all these if, – if you decide you're all in on Brady, you have to put these pieces in place while waiting and then sign Tom Brady to a new deal before March 18th at 4 p.m. But you're also doing it while other teams are negotiating with the other quarterbacks that you might be interested in. It is a really delicate line to walk, and I think – if, if it feels like Brady and Belichick aren't on the same page, then just cut your, cut your losses and go and let, let the Patriots do their thing in free agency. That's the list. That's the top five. All right. We got to go. We'll be back, uh, tomorrow. Brady Quinn football show. Pew, 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 pew. And, um, maybe talk to Jason Lock and Foro later this week. And then we'll have a super friend show to wrap it up. Getting ready for free agency. If you want questions answered about what your team should do, uh, we've got a bunch of them on there. We're saving them for, we'll, we'll, we'll do them, uh, maybe later in the week. Go on to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, ask us any question you like. We will answer it. Talk to you guys soon. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.